0: Nile Boylan, it's a very good afternoon to you. I've even forgotten what day it is. That's the way it works nowadays. It's Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon, it's 12 o'clock. And we are streaming live, of course, Twitter, Facebook, Rumble, and indeed everywhere else. Don't forget, by the way, if you want to catch one of the shows from during the week, or indeed this show, you can catch it on Spotify and all the usual places, including our website, www.nileboylan.com. If you want to contact us during the show, you can WhatsApp on 085 100 2255. That's 085 We would love to see your comments. We'd love to hear your comments. And if you want to come on the air, we'll give you a call back. And you're quite welcome to come on the air. Today, we are going to be asking, has Ireland taken in too many refugees? Now, the majority of Irish people, according to Red Sea poll, by the way, in the Sunday Business Post, I'm surprised they actually did this, by the way. The majority of Irish people think increased migration has put pressure on the housing supply, health and other public services. In a poll of 1,000 people by Red Sea, and allegedly we trust Red Sea, don't we? Well, well, that's what we're told all the time when I do a sample on Twitter people say oh you can't trust that they're all your bleeding followers so they're all the same as you anyway this is Red Sea it's an official poll sure are use it so it must be right anyway they say 75% of those polled agreed with the statement I think the number of refugees in Ireland is to, is too many while 19% disagreed. That means there is a small percentage who hadn't got a clue. I don't even know why they asked them. Why do people take part in polls if they don't want to make, give an answer? Anyway, other people uh, said in the lower economic classes and Sinn Féin or independent voters were most likely to say that they felt too many refugees are being allowed in. In other words, the working class, the ones that are being affected. 74% of Fianna Fáil voters, 70% of Fianna Gael voters also agreed that the state accepted too many asylum seekers. And the majority of people, 76% of people, said they understood the anger in local communities why people were upset when refugees were moved in at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning in busloads and they understood the protests. So this is contrary to what the, people, the government have been telling you. The government have been telling us for the last six or seven weeks that anybody who's out in those protests, basically you're just right-wing. That's all you are. And even going as far as calling you right-wing racist. Now there's no doubt there are right-wing racists out there in those protests, but not all of them. Most of them, I would imagine, are just concerned citizens. You know, I wonder, by the way, if there was a refugee centre in Bald's Bridge or Shrewsbury Road, would they be out protesting As Well, probably not because they'll just ring their local TD and make sure it doesn't happen again. Anyway, to talk to you a bit more about it is Ben Scallon from Grip Media. Ben joins me on the line. Ben, good afternoon to you.
1: Good afternoon, Noel. Very good to talk to you.
0: Firstly, I'm quite surprised at the Sunday Business books because I really didn't believe, with the exception of Grip Media, I really didn't believe that mainstream media were going to touch this with a barge pole and go against the government.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting and uh, fair play to them. But you know, what, what was surprising to me about the result was how not surprising it was in a way. Because when it comes to the issue of immigration, Irish people have almost never been consulted on the topic of whether Ireland should take in significant amounts of people from abroad. And the only real vote we've ever had on it is the 2004 citizenship, birthright citizenship referendum, which returned an overwhelmingly... you know, I don't know what you want to call it, negative result, basically a result against open borders, saying that we need to have better immigration This was, of course, what they called at the
0: time the, the anchor baby referendum. Uh, that was because at the time Michael McDoole, who was then Minister for Justice, had suggested that many people were coming to Ireland, purposely getting pregnant to get citizenship. Now, that was a loophole in law that many countries had at the time, but has since been removed from most countries that allowed that to happen. And yes, the overwhelming majority of people in this country decided, no, so it kind of gave us the impression that we want to be careful we need to have a better understanding and we need to deal with things properly now you know again I want to say when I always do these shows because I don't want people to think that I'm mental or something like that and neither are you I, you know I welcome people to Ireland I welcome diversity I welcome the visa system I welcome people who are genuinely coming from a war-torn country and need their assistance within within the limits of the financial limits of the country and the geographical limits and the housing limits of the country I welcome all of those people but we're seeing a big problem we're Going back five or six years ago I was on the radio And I was saying We've got a problem We've over 5,000 people In direct provision And we don't have enough room for them I think we had enough room For 4,500 at the time In the direct provision centres We now have over 20,000 people Seeking international protection We've over 40,000 or 50,000 people In hotels all across the country Which is going to affect tourism this year And the government are railroading this too. Roderick doesn't seem to be stopping And there's been no comment From government officially In relation to this Red Sea poll
1: yeah, I mean, uh, it'd be very interesting to hear their reaction. No doubt their reaction to this poll would be similar to their reaction to um, public consultations that don't go their way. I mean, I think actually Baradkar <laughs> said in my interaction with him just a couple of weeks ago, he said something like, uh, oh, well, we, we live in a democracy. So policy is set by the government. It's not set by uh, opinion polls and so on. But and I mean, to an extent, that's true. But Um, opinion polls don't mean nothing and when you think about a policy that has so consistently I mean since the start of 2022 when this question was asked to the public do you think there should be a limit on the number of refugees Ireland takes for example the majority said yes I think that was an Ireland thinks poll if I remember correctly Uh, and there's been several polls along the same lines as this one over the last year, and every single one has returned that people want to limit. So when you combine that with the constant protests in areas like East Wall and Santry and everywhere else, uh, and then you look at this in its totality, you really think, at what point is the government going to stop and wonder, are they the ones who've gotten it wrong? Uh, I mean,
0: yeah, well, when you look at the people who are against this poll, uh, i.e. those who are out saying, you know, we welcome all refugees. And by the way, you know, we do welcome refugees. But the word all is quite inconsistent because those people, I believe, and I've seen many of them, uh, you know, they seem like the champagne socialists who are looking down from the rivalry towers and most likely will never have, you know, an accommodation put in their area. I mean, when we look at the poll, for example, we did on our own Twitter account, we got 7000 votes, uh, more than the Red Sea poll. Absolutely, I understand my followers might have a slight leaning in a certain direction, but I'm sure they're not all my followers. But out of that, 98% said that they believe the number should be capped. I've talked to numerous politicians on different matters throughout the year, and I've always asked the same question towards the end. By the way, while you were there, do you believe we should cap the number of refugees, both international protection and Ukrainian, uh, at the time because it was primarily Ukrainian going back a few minutes ago? And they all said yes, but yet, when they're in the doll, they're walking through the corridors and they're meeting Leo and Mia and Roderick and everybody else, they're just towing the line.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean it really seems that way. It's it's one of those things where it's a it's kind of a junior certain maths problem almost, where we live in a material world where resources are finite, and so there's an unlimited, virtually unlimited amount of people who would want to come to Ireland and avail of the resources we have. And the maths kind of doesn't work out. I think anybody with, uh, you know, a junior cert education could tell you that. And when when you think about the fact that I just interviewed a gentleman by the name of Sean Deegan. who was, I, I
0: spoke to uh, Sean many, many years ago. I, I remember speaking to Sean many years ago. What a lovely gentleman.
1: Lovely gentleman indeed, absolutely. And he has such a wealth of experience that for those who don't know, he was basically an immigration official at the Department of Justice between 2004 and 2010. He served on the Refugee Appeals Tribunal. And during that time, he heard about uh, 500 cases of people who were applying for asylum in Ireland. And bear in mind, this is back in 2004. So this is years and years ago. And he said that, he rejected about 99% or more of the cases he heard. Of, Of the 500 he heard, he only let two people in. And that was because he said that it was very clear that all of the cases he was hearing were just economic migrants, people whose stories didn't add up, people who we're just looking for a better life and he says that's fine if you want a better life, everybody wants a better life, hmm. but that doesn't make you a refugee and there's a process and a law Well there is a criteria a under, the,
0: yes. under, under the yes, under the EU convention there, there is a, a criteria under the international convention, I think it's actually called the Dublin Agreement or something like that, under that convention there is a criteria and I think there's five points in that criteria, you know, you must be, uh, you must, your life must be in danger, political persecution etc, etc, and and again, even if you do fit into the criteria, you're meant to go to the first safe country. After that, you can go to the second safe country. If they refuse you, they can send you back to the first safe country, i.e. if people are coming from the United Kingdom to Ireland after being rejected in the United Kingdom, we have a right and we're quite within our rights to send them back to the United Kingdom and not to their own country of origin. But getting, getting back to what we're talking about, the problem is now, you know, we possibly have a general election coming very soon. It could be forced even sooner with the crisis that we currently have, both for accommodation, refugees and everything else. But people feel a little bit, you know, I suppose, let down because realistically, the politicians don't care because the system is broken. No matter who you vote for, every political party is against you. So what are we going to do with the political system when the politicians, all of them, including the so-called opposition, Sinn Féin, have done more U-turns than a car with bad tracking over the last six months? What do you do or who do you vote for? Because the independents have no power.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you're you're right about Sinn Féin. So far as I'm concerned, Sinn Féin's policy on everything is we want exactly what the government wants, except we want more of it and we want it faster. So it's basically, if you want to find out what Sinn Féin's policy on anything is, you just take the government policy and multiply it by two. They say, <laughs> you should be taking in more refugees. You should be doing more about climate change. We should lock down more for longer. This is Sinn Féin's mantra throughout. And as I've said before, uh, to me, if if my wife baked me a dinner and I said, "Oh wow, this dinner is delicious." My only complaint with this dinner is that you don't cook it more often and that there's not enough of it. You wouldn't say I oppose my wife's cooking. You'd say this is a guy who is very enthusiastic about his wife's cooking. He just wants more of it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> you
0: know? absolutely. So, so, are all, so are they all? So are they all delusional? Life. I mean, I mean, last week, by the way, I, I spoke to Nigel Farage. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to just play a quick clip of this and maybe you agree with it or you don't agree with it. So just uh, bear with me for a second. This is a piece. Actually, you'll hear what I said to Nigel and the question I asked him. So let's just play that clip there. Look, you have been staunchly against this for many years, very publicly. I mean, people have referred to you as extreme right wing when it comes to this particular issue. And by your own admission, you have to admit there are people who are genuinely fleeing situations where their lives are in danger. And I don't think anybody suggests that we shouldn't be rolling out a red carpet and helping those or supporting those. But where have we gone tragically wrong? Because now what we're seeing in Ireland is and I remember reporting on this going back five or six years ago. Let's talk about per head of population. There's only a population of five million people in this country. And we were concerned that we had over five or 6,000 people in direct provision going back four years ago. We now have over 22,000 people seeking international protection. And on top of that, we've probably got about 80,000 Ukrainian refugees here in Ireland. We're in the middle of a housing crisis. We've nowhere to put them. They're living in tents. Just a picture there. You'll see them all. There. It's like a shantytown. It's like tent city. And you'll see the, the pictures of them in the background there tent city, Uh, essentially that's where they're living because the government now don't have any money, they don't have anywhere to put them, so they're arriving in Ireland they're handing them a 25 euro meal voucher and a tent in a bag and there's where you go. So what are we going to do? All of this is a knock on from the point I made earlier about 2015. Once people get into the European continent, then they start to move around the continent. Uh, They generally go to places where the welfare system is the most generous Uh, and this is one thing that you need to get really hoist on board the numbers that have arrived on the southern European coasts so far in 2023 are three times the number that came in 2022 so if you think you've got a problem in Ireland at the moment I promise you something unless your government changes policy you ain't seen nothing yet You ain't seen nothing yet, Ben. And he talks about the numbers. Obviously, the UK released official figures during the week, that the figures are three times higher that are coming into Europe than this time last year. And we can only assume those numbers will increase. We've already seen an increase, Ben, over the last three or four months. We can only assume that increase is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So at what point, Ben, are we going to stop people and say we cannot do any more?
1: Yeah, I mean, it feels like we're reaching that point already. Um, And it it, it is just getting to the point where it's undeniable. I think that's one of the telling things about that Red Sea poll in particular was, um, you know, when you think what the context of that result is, that this is when we have round-the-clock positive media coverage of the government's policy, uh, trying to demonize protesters, trying to demonize anybody who has a concern about the numbers of people who are coming just this huge government and media machine trying to push it and still 75 percent of people are not convinced and that to me says it's gotten to the point where the country is so bursting at the seams that no matter they could they could publish a thousand articles a day and they can't disprove what i'm seeing with my own eyes ireland is clearly at capacity we can't do this anymore and uh, so yeah I think very and with very with the soon, exception we already...
0: with the exception of yourself and grip media what is the problem with Irish media are they afraid to do something even last night Sharon kyogan was on uh, vmt or as people better know at tv3 it's the worst rebranding in the history of media anyway on vmt last night and she was attacked for basically suggesting a logic, making logical statements that we have allowed too many people in, that we don't have enough housing, we don't have enough accommodation. You know, we already have, as I mentioned already, you know, whatever it is, 50 to 70,000 Ukrainian refugees, that number changes on a daily basis. Some go home, some come back. We have over 20,000 seeking international protection. And on top of that, we have 50,000 people on the housing list in this country, or over that figure, actually. We have 12,000 people in temporary accommodation who are already there before we had a problem uh, with uh, refugees. And we also, on top of that as well, have, you know, so many people in this country who are working and looking for somewhere to rent their house. So we have a massive problem. And yet the media seem to be in just as much denial as uh, the government. They, they, they are, you know, if you have a, a protest tomorrow and you're against refugees or you believe we're, we're doing too much and we've let too many in, uh, you'll be castigated. If you have a rally because they call it a different thing, it's not called a protest if you're on the right side of it. If you have a rally tomorrow and you have welcome refugees and you're all wearing T-shirts saying welcome refugees, you'll get 6-1 news coverage at six o'clock and, and the media are on your side.
1: Why is that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's very dangerous, I think, for society, and it's very unhealthy that you have such a huge proportion of the population that hold, you know, a certain viewpoint on not just this issue, but any issue. You know, let's say there's, there, there is a section of Irish society, it might not be the majority, but there is a group of people who would consider themselves more socially conservative, more uh, sceptical of the direction that the country is going on, all sorts of issues. And those people are not catered to at all by politics, by media, the news, the state broadcaster. Nobody is representing those people. And you can't imagine that's good. Whatever you think of that, you could be the most liberal person in the world, and that's fine. You know, everybody's entitled to their view. But can we at least agree that it's not right for you know, a third or a half or in this case, three quarters of the population to hold a particular opinion <laughs> and that there's no, you know, in a, in, a, in a normal democracy, in a normal society, you would expect about... You know that proportion of the doll to represent those people's beliefs, and the same with the media, and so on and so forth. To for those people to just be voiceless, I think is really seriously wrong.
0: But 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 that seems to be happening in every piece of legislation that's being passed currently at the moment. And there are so many pieces of legislation, and you got you guys have covered many of them. And and the famous one, of course, is in, the, in relation to seventy percent of the submissions uh, in relation to the hate speech laws. But then you had the education, uh, the new education laws, uh, the RSC uh, legislation, and again. And the Minister of Education is pushing that too she doesn't care what people think uh, it's going through for junior cycle next year and by 24, 25 it'll go through to primary school even though a lot of people object to it now by the way they're not objecting because you know they're all homophobes or they're all transphobes or whatever it is they're objecting to it because they're parents and they have concerns and they feel it's their right to teach their children certain things and not up to the school to uh, indoctrinate certain things into their children and, and they want to have a discussion about it just a discussion you know maybe we can leave this in but we could take this out but none of this is happening when it comes to hate speech laws. It's just railroaded in. That's the way it is. And we're leaving it at that. Whether you like it or not, when it comes yeah, to education, I'm... that's the way it is. And we're leaving it at that. We don't care what you think. And now we're seeing a classic example of this. And this is not even, even uh, if you were to give him some credit, Leo Varadka, any at all, when you said to him about the 70% of submissions, they're people who make an objection. But well, at least with the Red Sea poll, it's supposed to be a thousand independent people from different walks of life. So this is not a selected poll. You know, this is as you know, independent poll, but they're still not listening.
1: Yeah, it, it really makes you wonder what the reaction is going to be on the doors. I'd be very curious when the next election is called, whenever that happens to be, it could be in six months, it could be in, you know, a year. But whenever that happens what are they going to say to people when they go and ask for somebody's vote ha- knowing full well that they have implemented a whole series of policies on a variety of issues that the public explicitly said they did not want you know surely the whole essence of politics is supposed to be about representing the people's wishes they they're i mean it's called public service for a reason you're supposed to be a servant implementing the will you know the people are the ones with the authority And they loan it temporarily to a group of people called TDs and senators uh, on the understanding that you will do what I've given you a mandate to do and you'll do what I want. So, for the government then to say, actually, we don't care what you want, which is effectively what's happened, and we're going to engage in our own social projects to reshape Ireland the way we think it should be, I don't know that there's, I don't know how they can uh, use that then to say, oh, yeah, and by the way, we'd like you to elect us for another four years. I'm not sure how well that's going to go down.
0: Um, and when you have true democracy, by the way, that's not an issue because, you know, if they didn't represent you properly for the, the five years that they were in power, you know, you can go and vote for somebody else who may represent you properly. And we've seen that in other countries with left and right wing governments being forced out and forced in, etc., etc. et cetera. But here in Ireland, we have come to a juncture where I genuinely believe the political system is broken. It's completely and utterly broken. As I said, going back years ago, we had different parties representing different things. You know, you had the Workers' Party, which was the Labour Party. You had Fianna Fáil for the Conservatives, or the more religious people in some sense. You had Finnegale, a little bit more liberal, even though it wasn't a very liberal society we lived in. And at one stage, you even had the PDs as well. They got into power for a short period of time. But they all represented something very different. Now as we've already said, they're all cheeks of the same arse. So realistically, what are see, what's the answer? Out onto the streets on O'Connell Street? And I, by the way, I encourage people to do it peacefully. But out on the streets, is that, is that the only solution now?
1: Yeah, I think, I think one big problem with the political system, the way it's laid out, is that we've got certain big parties that have a critical identity crisis. And in particular, I'm thinking of Fianna Fáil, because, you know, most of the parties that we have you at least understand why they exist, even if you don't support them. So I, for example, would not be consider myself a Green Party supporter, but I get why they're there. You know, there's people who yeah. are environmentalists who are worried about that sort of thing. Absolutely, and yeah. If that's your, if that's your key issue, then you vote for Amy Ryan of the Green Party. Got it. Same for, uh, you know, people before profit. Even you know, there's people. Yeah, if you're who a mad Ryan, socialist and you want
0: to vote for them, you vote for them. They're your gang. Yeah, I get you.
1: Exactly. So, the, you know, we've got most of them, they have a niche that makes sense. But then when it comes to Fianna Fáil, and actually Willie O'Dea, who's a Fianna Fáil veteran, and uh, Jim O'Callaghan, same same thing. They both articulated this point, to their credit, that Fianna Fáil has completely lost its identity. I think less so with Fine Gael. They're still a very pro-European, kind of liberal-leaning party. They've got that sort of niche covered. But Fianna Fáil... They don't know what, like, what is a Fianna Fáil voter supposed to be? I don't know who they're even catering to <laughs> or what demographic they're trying to appeal to. And I don't think the electorate knows either, which is why they're plunging in the polls. So I think... But well, they did that They did that into the vote, last,
0: well, maybe not the last election, but the one before is when they dramatically changed. Because, for example, the pro-lifers will have you believe that Fianna Fáil uh, would have been pro-life up to a period, up to about 2009, 2010, and then suddenly they switched. Uh, now, they will say they switched with the evolution of time and society, but I don't agree with that because you've got to stick to your policies and represent your voters, um, So th- and uh, other issues too uh, as well. So Fianna Fáil would have always been a conservative or a more conservative party, not conservative, but certainly more conservative party, but that has changed. And it's all about keeping the job or keeping in government, isn't it? And, and this idea yeah, that, I mean, you know, if we can't get a majority, that, we'll just share it with everybody else anyway.
1: And on that, I mean, if I was a Fianna Fáil strategist, I'd be looking at the situation and thinking, you know, is it a coincidence that since we've taken this huge lurch towards social liberalism, that's kind of around the time they've started crashing in the polls. Now, I'm not saying that it's just due to that. I'm sure it's a variety of factors Um, You know, there's the uh, politics is more complicated than that. But basically, whatever they thought this would do for them in terms of electoral success and, you know, making them more popular, it really hasn't helped because if somebody's a liberal, they're just going to vote for Sinn Féin or PVP or the Social Democrats or Labour or one of these groups. They're not going to vote for uh, Fianna Fáil if Fianna Fáil is just trying to be Sinn Féin doing the speed limit you know that's basically well, I mean, well, you know, well, well, the identity well, uh, they've uh, tried to create for themselves and,
0: and it comes down to I suppose the leaders of these parties I mean Leo Varadkar you know Michal Martin are they competent I mean look Leo Varadkar barely scraped in in the last election only on the 4th or 5th count or whatever it was and Michal Martin has been trying for years to be the Taoiseach of the country eventually got the job and by the way at the start when I remember talking to him just before he became Taoiseach and I said to him you know I wish you well because I, th- I thought he deserved a crack at the the whip, but he disappointed greatly because he just seems to be another yes man. So maybe it's just new leaders they need, new leadership that will put them in the right direction.
1: Yeah, possibly. Um, I I think you know when it comes to these guys, they've been around for so long. Uh, they they know politics, or they should. I mean, some Michael Martin. When did he first become a TD? You know, he's about as veteran as they come. And <laughs> I will say as well, like you have to respect. That to an extent, whether whatever you think of his politics and his policies, uh, it, it is impressive to have that kind of staying power in a field that's as fickle as politics, where people come and go, you know, as as easily as uh, as anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really do think that whatever. Whoever's advising them, all these guys have teams and teams of special advisors who were supposed to give them all of this expert advice. And that's why they're paying them 180 grand a year. I don't know where that money is going because uh, this is not working out well for them. And marrying themselves to the Greens was a catastrophe. You notice that Roger Gorman is a Green TD and he's the one pursuing all of this integration stuff that's causing such chaos. Uh, The turf ban... All of these kinds of things are just causing woe and misery for the coalition. So really, like if I was a fall back backbencher, I'd be thinking, why did we tie ourselves in these Absolutely. guys? Because it's not going to end
0: well for us. Okay, well, one final thing just to get to. In relation to what's going on at the moment, it doesn't look like the government are going to change. It doesn't look like Roderick's going to stop. He's determined to keep bringing people or allowing people to keep coming into the country, no matter who they happen to be, be they genuine or not genuine. People who are losing their passports, allegedly losing them or suffering them. Now the toilet's on a plane somewhere. Uh, but realistically, the Garda are now being utilised. And only this weekend, of course, starting to use force up to now just standing by and keeping the peace now they're actually starting to use force they uh, at the protest in santry they took down the protesters gazebo uh, they forced the people off the road which they hadn't done up to now they they respected people's right to protest but now they are using a bit more force is it fair you know is, is the line acceptable i'm only doing my job when they're going against, technically against 76 percent of the population
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I am not a guard. I don't know the ins and outs of the law, what kind of protests are legal or what kind of protests aren't, but I will say that I don't think these kinds of things will have the desired effect. Uh, Whatever about the particulars of the situation, uh, you know, trying to stifle a protest or shut it down will only make it more popular and cause it to grow. So if the plan was to try and put the kibosh on this whole kind of movement immigration skeptical movement that's growing i think it will certainly backfire so uh i don't know who told them to do that uh, or if it was warranted again i'll leave that up to the judgment of the individual officers but certainly if the government is celebrating this thinking it's some kind of great win that we can now just uh mm-hmm. shut it down and send in heavies to to quash the whole thing i, I really don't think that's going to work out too well for them
0: All right, well, listen, thank you very much indeed for joining us today and I appreciate you joining us. Ben Scallon, Grip Media, uh, thank you a lot. Uh, Okay, now, we want to take some of your calls, by the way. The number, as usual, 085, that's 085-100-2255. 085-100-2255. If you want to give us a call or you want to text us, or WhatsApp, should I say, we will get, call you back. We would like to read out your comments on the air, but we do want to get your input into the show, because that's what's important to us here, by the way, at the Nile Boylan podcast, is your input. We want to hear what you have to say, because that's important. It's important what journalists think, particularly some of the, the, the more reliable media, I would say, uh, and the experts and the politicians, when we get them on every now and again, that's really important too, but what's more important, and we've seen it in this poll, because 70, 76% of people empathize with protesters in relation to immigration control and refugees. We want to get your thoughts. So text or WhatsApp right now on 085-100-2255. Or 22, or you could, I suppose you could word it differently. 85 one hundred double two double five. That makes it easier to remember, doesn't it? Anyway, let me go to Michael. Michael, uh, you're on the Nile Boylan podcast. How do you, Michael. Hi, how are things? Good, Michael. I mean, the Red Sea poll says it all. I shouldn't really have to ask people how they feel about it because the majority of people seem to think that we've overdone it.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose first of all, um, I think it's important to emphasise that. Like, I think in general, Irish people are compassionate and we are, we are welcoming to people less fortunate than ourselves. And, like, cause as a nation of migrants ourselves, we understand the situation, but mm-hmm. um, I think when we're seeing migrant camps being set up in the streets of Dublin, it's a clear indication that something has gone wrong. Yes. I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no one getting away from it. Um, now, whether that's um, because we've taken in too many, whether it's the rate at which we're taking them in is too, is too fast, or it's just maybe down to complete another utter lack of planning on behalf of the government, there is definitely an issue that needs to be addressed. Well, well,
0: when you let a lot of people into the country and you're trying to help a lot of people in the middle of what we already had, which was a drastic housing crisis and accommodation crisis, well, then the, the end result is pretty obvious, isn't it? You're going to have a lot of people with nowhere to live.
2: Well, absolutely. And, and like, I think if you think of it in terms of, like, if, if you're if you have a five-bedroom house, then there's a natural limit on how many people you can reasonably accommodate. And... Mm. Similarly, if you've got a 1,000-bedroom hotel but you've only got two toilets to service it, then there's a natural limit on how you can, how many people you can reasonably accommodate. And I don't know if the government have actually done an analysis of they must have. how many... Uh, you'd, you would wonder, but all we keep hearing is that we have an obligation to take a certain amount. Now, I think there's a, there's a, there's a principle in law that, whereby fulfilling your obligations under, under the law can't force you to To break another law or can't
0: force 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 you to do it to the detriment of the citizens of your country as well. I mean, that that would have to be, there'd have to be reasonable um, waivers within that law. But why do you think think the government are not listening? I mean, up to the Red Sea poll at the weekend, which was done by the Business Post, and fair play to them, by the way, I didn't think they'd do it, but there you go. Um, But up, up to the weekend, anybody who objected anybody who went out on a protest and I'm not talking about the head cases by the way there are head cases on yeah. those protests right there are right wing racists on some of those protests and there's no doubt yeah. about that I don't agree with chanting you know at refugees to get out I don't agree nope. with burning down tents I don't agree with banging on doors of hotels I don't agree with any of that but I do agree with people's right to protest if they're a concerned citizen and they're concerned about their communities so I, I agree with that but I mean the idea that the government would, would write off those protesters all of them every last one of them as right wing racists or right-wing is just bonkers. They can't continue to say that now, unless they're going to tell us that 76% of the population of the country, according to the Red Sea poll,
2: are right-wing, which is not the case. Like, absolutely. I mean, what, like, what happens, like, when people are, I suppose, when you have, like, refugees being dumped in communities under the cover of darkness, without any communication to the to the public, like, the natural instinct is to kind of say, hold on, what, what, what's going on here? And, and unfortunately, people's initial reaction is to kind of target the refugees themselves. Now, mm-hmm. the refugees aren't, aren't to blame. This no, they're, take, they're taking
0: advantage of the system, of course.
2: Exactly. I mean, and yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I don't know if they're... Well, I mean, they're, some, they're some, are,
0: some are gaming the system. They, some are not. Some are genuine.
2: Whether they are not is immaterial. I think it comes down to the government's absolute lack of planning and communication. And I, this, I think, just it lies at the door of Minister O'Gorman, because he is the minister for equality and integration. But, he, but he's not stopping, now,
0: Michael. He's not. Sta- he's not listening to anybody. Well, know, he, he but, is. He's listening. Oh, he's listening to the twenty-five percent or the nineteen percent of people who are happy to continue taking more in. Nineteen percent of the population. He's listening to them.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, would, would you would you listen to a vote in no conference? Because I mean. It's it's an absolute
0: utter failure. But, but no, but no one is going to vote no confidence in him because you've got as you know Ben mentioned a few minutes ago you you got Sinn Fein, you you've got Fianna Gael, Fianna Fail, and the Greens all agreeing with him, all disagreeing well, with
2: the public. Well, I, I like, I think maybe pressure needs to be put on those in opposition to to basically to, to basically say that okay, you can be in agreement that we we have to take in refugees. That's fair enough. But you can also be in agreement that Minister Gorman has utterly failed in his communication to the public. So, I mean, like, when it comes to integration, there are some key principles. It's like you have to do an assessment of our capacity for taking refugees. You have to assess the number of re- refugees who are coming in, the rate at which they're coming in, and an absolute minimum, like, to actually integrate so that there's no social issues when, when, when you're integrating people into a community is communication with the community. Now, Branding everyone right-wing is an absolute and utter failure of, of communication. And, like, so the opposition parties can agree that, yes, we need to fulfill our obligations to take in refugees, but they can also agree that Minister Gorman has failed miserably mm-hmm. and needs to be needs to be it.
0: So, and I'm going to come to Breda and Tony in a second, but but when it comes to, you know, forcing an, another election, and I can almost smell a general election, it's in the air because there are many different issues, uh, be it the hate speech legislation, the sex education in schools, uh, now we have the, the housing crisis, I mean, the refugee crisis, Like right? All of these issues, right, are going to force a general election at some point very, very soon. But here's the problem, and I said to Ben, who are people going to vote for? Because... They're all singing from the same hymn sheet. It doesn't matter which party gets voted in. They all want to do exactly the same thing. So where does that leave the citizens?
2: Well, like, I suppose when it comes to election time, it'll be, they'll all be trying to show that they're singing from a different hymn sheet. Oh yeah, they lie at the
0: front door, of course. Yeah. The, yeah.
2: yeah, So, yeah. so I mean, they, they might see which way the wind is blowing and maybe adopt some sensible policies. I mean, like... Who was the famous politician actually...
0: on RT News one night when he was asked about a particular policy they were meant to bring out or promise during an election, and he and he literally said on RT News, very famous politician, I can't remember who it was, but he says, "But your politicians lie. We all know that."
2: Yeah, <laughs> and, and they, so that unfortunately that's the case. But I suppose it's it's whoever kind mm. of presents the lies. And then they're held held accountable. It's, it's unfortunately it's the only way it kind of works. Well, I mean,
0: well, well. hang on, let me let me just go to Brida as well, because Breda, yeah, you're yeah. on the Nile Boiling Podcast. How are you doing, Brida?
3: Hi Nile, how are you?
0: Good. Breda, are you one of the seventy-five percent of people who believe with or agree with the statement, I think the number of refugees Ireland is taking in is too many. Are you one of the seventy five percent?
3: Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I mean, we, we can't cope I said it to you on your last last one I spoke to you about we need to look after our own first. See that so, even suggesting
0: that by the way the government will tell you that's a racist comment but but I don't believe I meant, it but I don't I don't believe it is by the way.
3: Yeah, they can say what they like. I don't care at this stage. Like you mind your own first and then you look after whoever is left after that. I mean there's Irish people living in dire conditions. Like whole families living in a hotel room and they're there for 3 4 years. And no disrespect to the poor people that have come from these war-torn countries, but they're building them lovely little houses down near City West and stuff. Why couldn't they have done that for the Irish? Uh, well,
0: you, it, it does beggars, be- it, it beggars believe that... I, I mean, look, since I've been doing the radio show back in, uh, uh, on Glasgow Kids since 2012, we've been talking about the housing crisis. Um, and we've been talking about 10,000 people roughly in temporary accommodation on a nightly basis. And nothing ever got done. Nothing ever got done. As soon as this and happened, think, all the stops were pulled out, we can suddenly make accommodation available, we can build modular yeah. homes, we can do all sorts of things all of a sudden. I don't know why we couldn't do all these things years ago, by the way.
3: But this is what I don't understand. And I'm sorry, and again, no, just respect to anybody that's come from a war-torn country. Give those to the Irish people first and let them go into the hotel room. Mm. See, people have done their time in sitting, waiting to get housing, you know. So the government, like, I can't wait for them to come to the door this time. Oh, I'm so ready for them. <laughs> I mean, but, but, him, but,
0: but as Michael has just said, know, they're going to lie to you at the front door anyway, because that's what they do.
3: Right, but I call them liars to their faces. I've no problem doing that. I know my local TV. I know them. So I have no problem saying to them, you didn't pull out the stops when I looked for help, which they didn't. It's past from Fein, the only ones that stood up first at the time. Different story. That gentleman mentioned that we're a nation of immigrants. We certainly are. But when you went to another country now, you got no help. No, well, well, it was different. Now,
0: you know, whatever it was, 1829, when the Irish people landed on Ellis Island, or 1879, it was a very different time. Of course, there were no immigration laws. There was no social welfare system. It was a different time. So you you sank or swam, that was basically
3: it. So if you emigrated in the 60s, if you emigrated in the 80s and you went to another country, you got no help. You no, and if you were
0: caught, you were sent home.
3: Yeah, but yeah. apart from that, if you, you, you weren't handed everything that's been handed yeah, to them I, here.
0: Yeah, can I just sorry, go back to Michael just very quickly on that? Michael, I do hear that analogy used a lot. should didn't the Irish travel the world? And and we did spread our seed quite far across the world, in fairness to us, right? But we are living in a different time. And Breeder makes a good point. The difference is now is that we have to pay, and we have to. So when people come to Ireland illegally or otherwise, We have to accommodate them. It costs money. It costs the taxpayers money. I know we get some money from the EU, but it costs money. And we have to provide somewhere for them to live. We have to provide a social welfare payment. We have to provide food, heat, and a roof over their head. Whereas, you know, that wasn't done for the Irish. So I don't think it's a fair analogy, Michael.
2: I mean, I wouldn't make a a a direct comparison. I'm just saying that we can understand what it's like to have... To look look for a better life. Yeah. To look for a better life. And like... The, the the fact is we have moved on like we're you know i suppose societies have moved on where we're in a in a position where we can provide for some people coming into our country and it's great that we can do that and i think we should do it for some as like as many as we can, reasonably can accommodate without putting serious and detrimental strain on our resources on our structures and on our society itself like it's it's my we should be watching people what?
3: we i gone way beyond yep. what, what, what we can afford to do, what we can't. Like, we're, we're at breaking point now, you know.
2: That, and, 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 well, well I, think
0: I think we're past the breaking point stage, to be but, honest yeah, with you, with respect. And,
2: and, and I, think, very, I think we need to, we need to ask whose responsibility that is. It's the government. And
0: But, but, they, but, but you're saying the it's the government's responsibility. But even after this Red Sea poll of the weekend, where they now know they're wrong about the feeling in the country. I mean, the Red Sea poll also said 76% of people felt or appreciated the anger felt by locals when refugees were moved into their areas or communities. So in other words, 76% of people said, well, I understand why they're protesting. Whereas that, last week, the government were saying all oh, those protesters are right-wing nutcases. So now now the government know they're wrong, but there hasn't been a word out of them, not a set, not a statement of the government in relation to this poll and what they're going to do now, about it. Now,
3: can I just say with relation to people being brought into a community... Like you know, ninety percent of people are going to be fabulous. There's going to be ten percent of bad eggs there. Of course, and there is nobody. Nobody is is policing these people. Nobody's saying, um, like, what um, you know, have they got a criminal record in the previous country or anything like this? So you don't. We don't. And like nothing disrespectful to all the good people, but like you know. Well, I, I
0: spoke to somebody last last week who works in the airline industry, and. Uh, they told me that, you know, basically that on the plane uh, that their people were stuffing their passports down the toilets.
3: Yeah, they're ter- I, was, that, I told you that. Oh, it was actually they're you. Ter- it was
0: Brie, you Breida, sorry. It was
3: actually me. They cared. I caught one one night. I should have kept flushing the toilet, and only I needed to go to the toilet badly. I, I might have missed it. Now, I was missed. She kept saying she the a sick tummy and whatever. And uh, when I went in, there was water everywhere. And I said, oh, I, I, I knew the passport was gone. So I got, I, we radioed ahead to immigration, and sure enough, her, she'd know it, she'd know... Documentation. No documentation, so they had to put her in and let her in until they could determine whether she's entitled to be there or not.
0: Well, well, and fortunately or unfortunately, she will never be sent home because we no. don't because we don't deport people and, and what I was bl- blew my mind was in the actors last week they talked about deportations there was 150 last year deportation orders right but they said yeah. were well, they deported and he says oh, well no it's voluntary and <laughs> so I'm looking at this <laughs> with my eyes wide open and I'm going hold on for a second so you're telling somebody you're going to deport them but it's voluntary in other words we don't send them home we ask them listen you wouldn't mind leaving so it's up to them and they, when they were asked how many of those actually did go home they don't have those numbers because they don't follow it up. And I'm going, yeah. oh, just mind-blowing stuff. well stay, will stay there for a second, both of you. Just let me go to Tony as well, if I can. Tony, how are you doing? You're on the Night Boiling podcast. All right, Noel. How are you? How are you doing, Tony? Uh, okay, so, Tony, Hello, are, you, are you one of the 75... I, I needn't ask. 75% of people who believe that uh, Ireland has taken in too many refugees. Certainly, I'm
4: Noel, And it's not refugees. Like it's not refugees I have a problem with. The vast, vast majority of Irish people, I said it's here you, uh, look, I said it to a researcher there. Mm-hmm. The vast, vast majority of people don't have a problem with genuine refugees. We're forced to put their hands in their pockets when there's conflicts around the world. Yeah. We haven't got a problem. But what's going on in Ireland now is an absolute scandal. And the big thing for me is, now, is the people who's causing this scandal the vast majority of them but uh, just like haven't got kids and they haven't got grandkids. Mm. And they don't care about the future of Ireland. They just don't care. Like the rest of Ireland is looking at your children, at your grandchildren and they're looking at other countries. Well some, well, some this
0: politicians, world. in fairness, Tony, so a lot of politicians do have kids and grandkids. I'm assuming they do.
4: Yeah, Noel, but as you said, it's them that's walking, that's tiptoeing around the corridors of Dáil mm. and won't open their mouths because they're no. the party line. And mm. Noel...
0: I mean, uh, this, this was last year, by the way, when we only had about 25,000 Ukrainians in the country at the time, and I'd asked numerous politicians if the numbers should be capped, and almost all yeah. of them said yes, but yet I have yeah. never seen action taken in relation to that.
4: No, because of wimps, Noel, we have no strong politicians in this country. And if they are like, they're independent with very little voice. Well, sadly, we yes. Got sir. Strong. We haven't got good, strong. You get Sharon Cogan and she speaks up, and she shouted it down straight away. And there's not even any men there that will speak up for her. It's an appalling situation in Irish politics. It's we've we, really, we, really, we, we, we've a few. Well,
0: hang on. We've a few good independents. I mean, I spoke to Pat Toby in a few times. Michael McNamara is a good guy. Sharon Kyogan you mentioned already. There are uh, the Healy Rays, by the way. I've spoken to many them. But the problem is, they don't have any power.
4: Yeah. No, That's no, the, the problem. 14th, uh, hmm. Yeah. No, the fourteen, and it's versus a hundred and ten. And 110 of them, out of them, like how many even read the legislation? Oh, this is in
0: relation to the hate, crimes, hate crime legislation. Right,
4: like that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. They're weak men. They are actually weak men. And it's just... It's just blood cordial. And we don't have an option, which is the worst thing out of the whole lot. We just but don't have I options thought- here in Ireland.
0: So, sorry, Breeder, go ahead.
3: Sorry to interrupt you, Tony. I think we should do what they did up in Iceland when uh, things, from the last... But, but, Bank happened. They stand the financial
4: off. crisis, yeah.
3: but yeah. all proper economists and people into the country. We need to stand up and start taking taking control of this country. I mean, I'm not a right wing. I'm not none of that. I just no right wing. There's no
4: racist. I mean, I'm not looking at people on these pickets in Sandry. There's poor ladies out there that was left in tears.
0: I saw the that girls, video. Yeah.
4: school hall and around the place. They're not right wing yeah. racists. I can say I genuinely consent. They're genuinely concerned want, about I the community, about the future of their
3: grandchildren. Yes. I want my daughter to have a future in this country. And sadly at the moment, she feels she doesn't. She's 22 and she's looking about going to live somewhere else where she can get a, a better life, a better job and everything else. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking that it's she's talking It's absolutely
4: honor- heartbreaking. Yes.
3: And these yes, people really are is.
4: accountable to nobody. These people, no, if but that, poll, the uh, but that poll was 76%, if it hadn't been even 96%, they would still be going ahead with their agenda
0: because they um, don't right, care. But, but but here, yeah. But Tony, okay. So let, let's all agree that they don't care. Um, Leo, Mihal, uh, Eamon Ryan, Rodrigo, Gorman, uh, Mary Lou. Uh, let's all agree that they don't care. But there is going to be another election. They do have to hold on to their jobs. Do you think that they're that they're sitting that pretty with the, the reassuring that they're going to get their jobs back anyway?
4: Yes yeah Uh, but just like what happens like there's an election and you get a ballot paper and you're looking at it
0: the same names
4: and the mainstream media is after promoting everybody and slandering everybody who doesn't go along with the narrative yeah who doesn't go along with the narrative they're slandered even uh, but just like you had it was there i think it was patatobian he's been slaughtered by the mainstream media and i think he's very balanced
0: I, I, I thought it was very unfair last night. You know, I watched uh, a little bit of VMTV last night. Um, Sharon Kyogan was on and she spoke really well. But there was a panel of three people and the other two were against oh, her. And, against I, her. I, and I said to myself, well, that's not very representative, considering 76% of the population actually agree with Sharon. And and, and the host of the show, I, I don't know her name. Anyway, um, she robustly argued against her, but didn't robustly argue against the other two, which I, I just found, I felt like she was on the back foot from the start, which was really unfair, considering she was representing the majority of people in the country and their thoughts. Yeah. But, but, it just, but it doesn't feel like that. Like typifies
4: that typifies the Irish media. Like, that typifies the Irish media. And I was walking in the Dublin area down Thomas Street uh, maybe four or five weeks ago, and there was a people before... I had just listened to one of your old podcasts in your previous life, and but like, there was a similar vein to a people tearing up passports. But this... She had a big stall out, this lady, she was an ex-TD in Dublin, a, so I think you know where I'm going. Yep. And she was having this free houses for everybody, open borders and things like that. So I stopped and asked her a few questions, very polite. And I says, look, I'm just after I've been listening to a podcast, she asked me by who. I said, well, it was Noel Boylan, I says on the radio. I says, I'm just listening to it now, it was Saturday afternoon. He's a racist. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hold, on, I said, Hold on, I said, I haven't even mentioned anything <laughs> about race." He's a I'm racist. I'm to give everyone houses? And, have, and I said, the first thing you say to me, I said a lot standing beside her. Uh, let me go,
0: uh, we'll stay there for a second. Let me just go to Alan. Alan, uh, you're on uh, the Nile Boylan podcast. How you doing, Alan? Very nice. How's everything going? How are
5: you?
0: Good, good, Alan. And yourself?
5: Yeah, sure, I'm not too bad. It's a lovely sunny, sunny day, So we can't contain too much, you know.
0: Yeah. So, Alan, go ahead. Yeah. But what do you What do you think of this? Are you one of these seventy five percent? It's hard for me to find somebody in the nineteen percent that said no. By the way, but however, if you, are you one of the seventy five percent?
5: Yeah. Well, well, the way I see it is uh, like and it's not a health source that like, like people have been looking for over the past uh, like to five ten years. Like, are being used for for asylum seekers now at moments. Like for example, like we we have two hundred and ninety thousand hidden homes in the country. So so that so that means uh, people living in their homes, like people couch surfing. Uh, I'm also after seeing other figures say that, that that apparently the amount of families that are couch surfing around the country has increased by one thousand three hundred percent. So 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 that's really families like mm. living like in your siblings' house. Yeah. And these are families who, who, who can't afford to to rent out accommodation. So so like when you look at these people, and if they're trying to raise a family like and kind to of see all of these properties and all of this housing being handed away like are these people not expected to be angry about
0: well well, I, well of course they feel angry and and so they should there should be enough for everybody but there isn't and that's just the way it is so you you have to divvy out when you do have housing and you do have you know services available for people you have to divvy out according to priority and but the problem is in Ireland if you turn around and say well, you know, we should look after our own and then of course if we have anything left, we should help others as well. You're a racist.
5: Well, well but it's just the way I see it is like like any like for, for, for any other tax here, like it's like like tomorrow obligation should should be to ensure that like everybody in this country prospers before we take on like Absolutely. any great greater initiatives. Like if, if you look at what's happening in the country, like all politics is EU based politics. It's the same thing as carbon tax. Wherever the EU can basically say, clear. "Okay, guys, you, you have clear. to you have oh. to reduce your carbon." Now, like, what, like otherwise we're we're going to find you billions Like, if, if, even whether or not that's achieved or not, and then if if we don't take people in the country, they're basically saying, "Okay, well, you're, you're not f- fulfilling your obligations." Like, like they might bring you to trial over that. So, like, it's just. <laughs> like I, I, I don't think that like the EU really considers like the, the true extent or, or the true damage that's happening to the country. And in an awful lot of these issues I feel that local government actually has free to say in it. Mm. Like they, they just have to do what the EU tells them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let me let me go to Thomas as well and then want to come to Jackie Healy Ray after that if I can. Uh Thomas, how are you doing? Hello there, how are you doing? You're on the Nile Boy Podcast. How are you doing, Thomas? What do you want to say? Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
6: well, listen, I, I think that, like, I'm agreeing there the with one. what I've heard so far um, with the lads, you know, and, you know, to be honest with you, they don't come across as far-right racist to me, you know, that sort of way. Now, most and people I don't, by the, the
0: way, can I just point out. I,
6: I, 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 and this is the whole point, you know, I think that the, the issues that we've, were, like, we are where we are now is because simply reason, the, the debate has been stifled on the issue, you know.
4: Mm.
6: Like, there has been a real debate about, uh, like... You know, like immigration in this country, properly. You know, no, because because you're that,
0: accused you know, of being right wing as soon as you even attempt to debate it.
6: Exactly, and I think that's it. You know, on the label. Well, of, well, do you think uh, this
0: Red Sea poll has? opened up the debate because it's from a traditional media do you think it's it's open because if I did the poll nobody just people just ignore me because they say oh well they're all your followers but I mean now you have Red Sea poll that's an independent poll that's you know I suppose accredited by the state on a regular basis and used by the the political parties themselves do you believe that this particular poll gives us now reason to debate this properly
6: Absolutely, absolutely. I think that now, like it's on the mainstream. So now it's forcing the debate. You know, now mm. it's not all of a sudden that some fringe minority there. You know, of, uh, you know.
0: Well, it certainly you isn't seventy six percent of people. It, it, yeah, it's not I a mean, fringe. Yeah, yeah,
6: yeah, yeah. So now it's it's like, like now they know it's like ordinary people. You know. But and are they? But are they listening? The I haven't. People.
0: I haven't heard them say anything in the last two days since the poll came out in Red Sea or three days. I haven't heard. Any of the, I haven't heard O'Gorman address it. I haven't heard Leo address it or Behal Martin address it and say, "Well, okay, you know, we need to take this seriously. That's the will of the people. We need to talk about yeah. this." But they're not gonna, They're going to continue to keep allowing people to come into the country, some of whom we should be helping, and others who we shouldn't.
6: Well, indeed, it's not the point, you know, and I think that it's been a failure of, like, go, now, I heard this this morning and last night, you know, one of the politicians on VNTV or TV3 or whatever, it was called, uh, basically <laughs> whatever it's called. Whatever saying that, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically saying that, uh, you know, it's been a failure of messaging. Now, like, there's two ways to look at that: is it the messaging that they're not telling us in the right way that we just accept what they want. Or is it really a well, that's, failure? That, in- that's
0: the failure of messaging they're talking about. Roger Gorman has said that they need to increase and, ha- and you know, improve communication with communities. But that's still not going to change things. That's still just going to no, say, no, well, no. look, we're going to tell you for us, but then we're going to do it anyway.
6: Yeah, and to be honest, like, I think, you Noel, know, like, what possibly would have been better from the very start to ease people's fears and all that sort of stuff is to say, listen, it's going to be proportionate. We're going to have X, Y, like, a certain percentage of the population will be allowed in. Is this okay? And um, number two is, you know, before uh, we send people to Leitrim or what have you, well then we will have like if there's a thousand people living in Leitrim, well then there will be only 30 people or 40 people like being put down there. You know that it's proportionate. You know, mm. and I think messaging like that would have been much better. And then also the follow through. What what happens after that? Are these people uh, are they integrated into society properly? Where they're not just getaways in City West or what have you? You know, so they're being brought in. And actually, well they they can
0: continue to do what they did in city west when you when you put people from different nationalities and different cultures together in a small space, frustrated with the accommodation and as it is, and you know, and who are very culturally different and have had disagreements, you know culturally in the past, you are bound to get a problem. and that's exactly what happened in City West,
6: you know, and I think that that's what the fear of the people is. You know that this is genuinely going to happen somewhere else, you know. So how much is enough? You know, that sort of way. Like, how Mm -hmm. far does this have to go before, you know, people's fears are actually, quelled and they're saying, okay, well, you know, this is what we'll do in order to, you know, uh, ease the fears of the people to address what the people actually... Should we stop? uh,
0: Should should the government just turn around now and say, okay, we're taking on board what you said. You know, there's already, whatever it is, 22,000 people seeking international protection and sixty or 70,000 people who are coming from Ukraine. Uh, Should the government turn around at this point and say, okay, That's it. We're not taking any more. And I'll tell you what we do in six months. We look at the situation, see, can we house what's here already? And if we can, well, then we can maybe take a few more in. But should we just stop?
6: Well, I I think so. Yeah. We're we're exceptions, you know, we're obviously like if there's, you know,
0: genuine, you know. Well, you see, when when you start saying exceptions, we're back to where we are right now. Genuine and, and absolutely genuine people. But, and there is some genuine people coming in, but everybody coming in, if you said, well, okay, well, we're stopping, and it's only going to be for the genuine, so they're all going mm-hmm. to claim they're genuine, as yeah, they're doing right now. You know what I mean? So well, then, I think then, you have to be to somewhat, a little bit rootless, because look, that's what Australia yeah. did when they had a problem. That's what America yeah. did when they had a problem. You you have to be somewhat rootless, you know, to protect yeah, your yeah, own well, borders. I,
6: I think so, yeah. I, I think like it's, and it's not only real, but so I think a better word for it be more mathematical and logical about it. You well, know I think that so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it, the only way we can go about it is like the, this is the amount of people that we can actually hold. Yeah, and, really. and then when we I get mean,
0: to a point where we sort that problem out and people aren't living on the streets anymore and we build a few more houses and we start accommodating people better or we come up with some better solutions, then we can say, all right, let's open up again. And if you have a genuine problem or you're fleeing a war-torn country, come but, but on, you're no, welcome.
6: Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What, what is wrong with saying that?
0: Oh, you're a racist.
6: Yeah, well, you just, uh, I'm, a, I'm a racist yeah, but for even where did suggesting you that. On. It's absolutely. <laughs> like that there is bananas, you know? And it does, like, it's, it, again, that is just a tool
0: for stifling debate, to be honest. I, well, it is, actually. Speaking of tools for stifling debate, let me go to Jackie Healy Ray, a man from a political background, certainly a political family, or some people have called them a dynasty. Um, Jackie, how are you doing? Hello, Niall. How are you? Good, good to talk to you. Now, coming from a political family, Can you understand why, since the Red Sea poll particularly came out this weekend, although they had to have known beforehand, why all the political leaders, all the political parties, and the uh, the politicians within them are ignoring the will of the people? Say that last bit again Why are they ignoring the will of the people?
7: Yeah, look, I I read with great interest the the poll over the weekend, and I suppose it is Way of getting a sample of uh, of of the flavour of the what's going on in the minds of the of the people in the country, and of course they like we shouldn't ignore them because um, there is a lot of frustration I think uh, in the country amongst people because look I suppose when you look at what's happening uh, and as a member of Kerry County Council I see it every single day uh, with people ringing uh, for housing uh, and even as 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 already as two nights ago I had a person who unfortunately. Uh, found themselves in a homeless situation and uh, and, and needed to be put into an emergency accommodation. So you have all of that. You have a, an ever crippled health system that is not fit for purpose, and that's compounded in when they see um, the government bending over backwards to to bring in people from from other countries, that 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 frustrates people. And and the question when you ask the question of the people then have we have we basically uh, taken in enough? well I, I I remind people that many months ago, before we even had twenty thousand uh, what we call refugees in the country, uh, Michael Hillary uh, stood up in the doll and said that we should have a cap at twenty thousand. That's right. Uh, I remember he actually
0: ca- said that on the radio to me one day as well, going back yes. about nine so, months ago. yeah
7: exactly. so look this, this this idea of of we say doing what we can, we should do what we can. And especially for the likes of, we say Ukrainian people who, as 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 lately, again as yesterday, had air raid silence going off in their country uh, because they were because there was missiles coming in from Russia. I mean, but but even but, but even at Russia that, people, can I just but say? People. But
0: look, I, you know, let's help as many people who are genuinely coming from genocide, who are coming from war, who are political oppression, or, or their life is in danger, because that's the criteria, of course, of the convention that we should be helping people, and nobody disagrees with that, but. When yes. you have a situation where we're just being taken advantage of by a lot of people who are just yes. economic migrants and, you know, and the, and the inn is full, essentially, there has to be a yes. point, even when it comes to Ukrainian refugees, where we say, we can't do any more for now. We just... Well, well, I mean, well, France I, did I this. Cited, France stopped.
7: Yes, I, I, I cited statistics here on your show not too long ago uh, in relation to what we call uh, international protection applicants, um, where between
0: 21 and 22 we had a four hundred and fifteen percent increase in international protection. That's uh, over 20,000 now. Yes. I We were yes. panicking five that, years that, ago when there was 5,000. Yes, that, that, that has to be looked at to say, right,
7: why all of a sudden in, in the space of 12 months, which in the space of time is relatively shocked, that you would have an explosion of over... over why, why do you think? Of Bec- of be because of what we're well, doing? But yes, we might be seen as... as, as a, a soft as, touch? As a, as a soft touch, yes. And like when you look at where these people are coming from, which on the on the department website you get a good. Georgia is the and most the, common place. Yeah. yeah,
0: there's no war in Georgia. Jo- By the way, the, if you go on to a tourism website and put in how safe is Georgia, they tell you it's a wonderful holiday destination. Yes,
7: if you if you if you go onto the Department of Foreign Affairs website this morning, they'll tell you that Georgia is a perfectly safe place to go to. Absolutely, they will also tell you. And if you look at a lot of the news articles about the politics in Georgia at the moment, they're they're very close to putting in an application for EU membership. So that will tell you that. Albania,
0: Albania. I, yes. By the way, on the list, I seen USA uh, asylum yes. seekers yes. from the USA, and I go. But yes. but how we? It's yes. not a dangerous country. Why are they? What are they doing yes. here?
7: But but, but but I suppose the point that that I that I would make is that of course there comes a time where you have to say right, lads, win is enough enough because when we can't even take care of the people that I that I deal with on a daily basis mm-hmm. on our social housing list. Uh, how are we supposed to offer uh, a good a good facility for people who are...
4: Who is are it like wrong,
0: employees? by the way? Is it wrong for Irish people? And I hear people saying it to me on the radio and on the podcast all the time. They come on, they go, Niall, and here's the line, you have to look after your own first. Now, and when that line is said, you know, immediately I'm thinking broadcasting authority, da-da-da-da, politician is going to say that's a racist line. Is that? A, I don't believe it's a racist line to suggest I, that you I should look after I your own first. I
7: don't, I don't believe... I don't believe it is. I mean, I, I focus every day on looking after the people that are me. And they're the people... Well, people still, who uh, are born,
0: life. bred, pay taxes in this country yes. all the life, they do deserve a little bit yes. of priority. I mean, when, when Sharon the, is on absolutely. a waiting list for 10 years with her kid for a house, for example, absolutely. and she's paid taxes in this country and works in this country, and then all of a sudden, you know, I don't know, Michelle comes in from another country, you know, outside the EU and gets a house before her...
7: I'm sure but, it's that pisses are off no end. give you I, off, I no give end. an even better example. <laughs> when you get to the situation whereby our office at the moment is no longer even trying to attempt to speed up we say people getting into hospitals. For Instead, what we're doing is we're getting buses and we're busing people up to the north to the cross-border directive in order to have their cataracts taken out. That's right, Mike. Yeah, Mike, I
0: mentioned that because, in the doll. Yeah, yeah.
7: Yes, so, 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 like that's the situation that we're at. We're not even bothering with the Irish hospitals anymore. There's cases that we're them up to the best, and we've all. Well, then why? The why? The okay, okay, I, I
0: don't. Know, I don't have much time. But so, why aren't all the independents? Yeah, I, I know you. You know, the Healy Ray is certainly. Uh, Sharon Cogan has said it. Michael McNamara has said it. Um, Paddy Tobin has said it. Um, Maggie McGrath I think has mentioned it as well. That we have to stop. Why aren't they all demanding that the government listen to the people? Because we've another general election on the way. And I've said this to everybody today. There's no choices anymore. In most countries in the world, you can pick a political party that will stand for what you believe in. In this country, we don't anymore. Because you've got four main political parties, if you want to count the Greens. Let's not count Labour anymore. Uh, Four main political parties who all agree with each other. They're all just different levels yes. of agreeing with each other, but they all agree with each other. So no matter which party yes. you vote for right now, it won't change one single thing. Yes. So so what are people going to do? The system is broken, well, Jackie. You
7: know, I, thought, I, thought, I thought what you were going to ask there was why don't the independents form a party? Well, well, and, well they did. They we're, were going
0: to do that, weren't they, at one stage?
7: Yes. But, but, but my answer to that is the very, the very essence of being independent is that you are that. You're independent. and And even though... You might say that I'm a, I'm a county councillor that's part of what we call a publicity family. I'm elected independently. I don't have to think the same as Michael. I don't have to think the same as Danny. I don't have to think the same as Johnny Amar, who I sit in the council with. Of course, we broadly agree uh, massively on, on a lot of the same issues, uh, but at the same time, we have our own mandate. And I think that, that's what people like about an but, election. But, okay, but,
0: you're, but you're politically minded. You come from a political family. Tell the people yes. listening, when a general election comes, what are they supposed to do? Sinn Féin, as we mentioned earlier on, we were talking about Sinn Féin earlier on, they just agree with the government. They just want more of it. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know what I mean? And,
7: and when, we talk about, when we talk about something that's totally off topic, when you, when, when you talk about the likes of our climate targets that are being imposed
0: in Europe,
7: you had a vote inside the Dáil one night where 129 to 10 voted to introduce these climate targets. And and, and, we'll and a we'll piece of legislation they probably
0: it. never even read.
7: Yes, and we'll have Sinn Féin up in the morning then uh, talking about uh, the price of fuel and, oh, what about the farmers? I mean, they're, they're on the same line as the government because they've agreed and signed up. So, to so
0: But that still doesn't answer my question. So what advice would you give people? Because, unfortunately, voting for your family and voting for other independents okay, it's good for the local community and it does work for the local because you can fight for stuff for the local community, but on a national level, it's feck-all-use because realistically, well, well, you just don't have a well, huge suppose, amount of power in numbers, do you?
7: Well, well I, I suppose, I suppose, I mean, my, my grandfather, my late-grandfather, God rest him, was, was, Great, was a wonderful
0: was a, man, by the way. What a wonderful yes, man.
7: He is, is a shining example of what you can do as one person uh, who is supporting a government. And we have never shied away from supporting the government some people will say that my father michael w- was asked to, to, to be in government in 2016 that's a lie that never happened uh, so like we've never shied away from 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 being in government or 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 taking a, a seat in power because my grandfather did it for the bones of 15 years and and did so very success successfully and and did so for the people that he was elected to represent and maybe if a lot of the politicians Focused on the people that they're supposed to represent, well, then maybe the country might be a far better place.
0: All right, well that, well, that still leaves us with the final question before you go. So, is it time the government turned around now and said, right, it, door is closed?
7: <laughs> oh, well, I, I, I would be certainly of the opinion that we have certainly played our part in this country. Okay. And we've gone above and beyond. To, to, yeah, we can't do any more and by
0: the way the other shocking thing about it was that what I heard last week was in the Oireachtas that he would. they were asked how many people had been deported last year and I think the number was 142 or 150 and they said out of the 152 how many of those deportations orders were executed and they said I want to know it's voluntary <laughs> I said <Yes>. what? <laughs> so in other yes. words there you go there's a deportation order yep. you know look after yourself now see you now yeah. Uh, in other words, you days. voluntarily have to leave, and they asked, "Do you know how many actually yeah. did leave?" They don't know. They've never, they've never followed yeah, it yeah, up. Yeah. Like it's bonkers. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's crazy. That's not how you run a country. Crazy. Anyway, no, no, no. Listen. Good luck with the cattle, it's by back. the way. I've been, I've been watching the They're news back. all day. The poor old cattle. They're going to be culling the cattle and giving you his the, money the, instead. The,
7: cat, the cattle are on the way out if, if the government will get their way, and 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 they very well could get their way. But I, I know that. The, the the farmers of this country, they are not going to to be dictated to lying down. That's for sure. Oh, and I tell and, you what, and, if I was a farmer, I'd be
0: moving to Brazil or Argentina and getting twice as many cattle and making more money. And that and that's all that's happening there. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, thank you very much yeah. indeed, Jackie Healy. I appreciate you coming on the, the air. Best. All right, all thanks best. very much indeed. All right, so many by the way, so many comments coming in in relation to this particular issue. Let me just read out one or two of them. Mike on WhatsApp says uh, there's a toxic collectives uh, notion that just because Irish people left this country many decades ago in the past that I now have a debt to pay on their behalf. I'm now responsible for somebody else's needs by way of reparations. Uh, It infuriates me. Uh, Reliance... On the state to constantly provide us a serious problem in this country instead of seeking to find our own solutions and individuals and communities we rely on inept politicians. Such dependence also allows government to exercise great power over the everyday aspect of our lives. Um, Oh, the amount of comments. My family comes from a country suffering genocide, Bosnia, and we're refugees seeking asylum over here during the war. So take this from someone who understands the asylum seekers personally. When my family came over in the early 90s, there was plenty of housing to go around and no housing crisis. But now there is a housing crisis, increasing homelessness, and a huge amount of refugees piling up to be homeless as well. And our own can't be taken care of or refugees seem to be getting it better sometimes. Absolutely. And when the Bosnians came here, of course, we didn't have a housing crisis. And by the way, if people are coming from a war, fleeing a war where their lives are danger, we should be helping them as much as possible, as much as humanly possible. Uh, they want to say anyway, they have uh, taken on more than they can handle, and we should now close the borders for now. Also, my parents could change home uh, when they felt it uh, felt like it back then. Housing, housing, housing. But now it took my dad ten years after he moved out. Um, let me say somebody else. Oh yeah, JD on Facebook says you should be asking if three quarters of the population agree. Uh, then who are our elected representatives actually representing? After all, who are they taking orders off? Richie Burke says on Facebook, send them home now. Uh, Sarah Jane says, no, nah, everyone knows the answer to that. You should be shouting about it when our government is going to take accountability for the mess they made. Also, be sure less people will vote for Sinn Féin. They'll give their votes to the independents rather than put them to any of the three above. Uh, yeah, but I see all these people. I'm going to vote for Sinn Féin for change. That's complete nonsense. It's not a change. It's just more of the same. Anyway, it's entirely up to yourselves. Uh, regarding uh, three and four think Ireland is taking in too many refugees. Outside of Ukrainians, it's almost mostly men coming here. Ireland should do more to raise the indigenous birth rate of this country, but providing incentives for people to have more children. When is, this la- when is uh, the last time the birth rate at 2.1 replacement rate of this country? I-, I think people are having less children for other reasons, by the way, for because they're enjoying their lives better. You know, they can save more money, go on holidays, and anyway... And the minister on Pat Kenny show recently said, uh, saying he expects those denied refugees status just to leave. Uh, nope, they don't leave. That's the problem. Um, it's voluntarily. Maybe they should be leaving. But I mean, like most of the countries, if you're deported, you're actually put on a plane and sent home. Maybe we feel the expense of that is too much. But mind you, the expense of keeping somebody here is a lot more. Anyway, can I just say, nobody in this country, I would like to think, in their right mind would deny a person coming from war or their family somewhere to stay in safe haven and we should support and roll out a red carpet and help people in whatever way we should but sadly we are now being taken advantage of as a small country with a small economy with a housing crisis we're being taken advantage of by people who are just looking for a better life no harm to them by the way everybody wants to have a better life don't they but we can't be the answer to the problems in other countries around the world we should get together with the European Union and America and try to help those other countries to make their lives better in their own countries. But we can't be the answer and the solution for economic migrants from all over the world. The majority of refugees looking for seeking protection are coming from Georgia. As was mentioned already, Georgia is a safe country. You can go there on holidays. The government is not even too bad. They're even trying to join the EU. It's a safe country. So why are people coming here for a better life? We have a better system. We have more money. That's why they're coming here. But that shouldn't be allowed. We have immigration policy. If you want to come to Ireland, you're welcome. Apply for a visa and show us that you have a skill that we need. Or if you want to work in hospitality, apply for a visa. The hotel or the place you're going to work for, I'm sure, will sponsor you to come here if that's what you wanted to do. That's the way you do things. You don't like the man who was on RT, on the upfront on RT, say, I came from South Africa on holidays. I liked it so much I applied for asylum. That's not how the asylum system works. The asylum system for seeking international protection was designed for people who were coming from a war-torn country, whose lives were in danger, political persecution, all of those kind of things. But not for somebody who just happens to like Ireland and wants a better life. That's not how it works. We couldn't afford to do that. Anyway, the government are not listening. That's the bottom line. So who are you going to vote for in the next election? At this point in time, the only thing I could advise you is to vote for an independent. If you're living in the Kerry region, of course, the Healy Rays are down there. You've got Ain't to? They're not an independent a party, but they're a small party with a few members. You've got other political parties out there too as well, who might lean to the right slightly as well and make different decisions. But I always wonder if they do get into power, do they just go with the flow? Does power actually corrupt? Probably. Anyway, I'll be back again with you tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Don't forget, if there's anything you want us to bring up on the show or talk about anything at all, you can email us, Nile at Nileboylan.com. You can also WhatsApp your topic to us. Do it now if you want to get involved in any future conversations and we'll have your number there. That's 85 100 2255 That's 85 100 Until then, I'll talk to you again tomorrow at 12. Have a good day. And don't forget, by the way, this podcast and every other podcast is on our website, NiallBoylan.com. After the show is finished, we take down the live stream, but we will put it back up again in about two hours' time, and you'll be able to watch it at your heart's content or to your heart's content with all the other ones as well. All right, or indeed, if you want to just listen to it, later on, you can go to Spotify and all the usual places. So please do that and support us as well. Thank you very much Nate, and I'll talk to you tomorrow at 12. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan podcast.